Welcome to Legendary Bites, a podcast dedicated to two things we love, sports and brevity. I'm Seth. And I'm Charlie. Each episode, we're going to bring you a bite-sized sports story in 15 minutes or less that we find fascinating, important, or just plain absurd. Now, with brevity in mind, let's get into it. Charlie, what's on tap today? Today, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Christian sports organizations, the Goldilocks rule, the Grateful Dead, Lithuanian basketball legends, Arvita Sabonis, all leading to the greatest jersey sponsorship in sports history. The story starts with a Christian sports organization called Athletes in Action. Athletes in Action is in a position to influence and change lives amidst cultural pressures, to change lives with the news of Jesus Christ. Now, their mission was to use sporting events to build connections across people and borders. Essentially, they were just trying to spread, you know, Christianity and Western values across the world. Now, in 1985, Athletes in Action ends up playing basketball against local teams in Lithuania, which at the time was a part of the Soviet Union. Most of the Athletes in Action players you've definitely not heard of, but the one recognizable name was Donnie Nelson. Donnie was a born-again Christian with a buzz cut. He's now actually the current GM of the Mavericks. At the time, though, most people knew Donnie through his more famous dad, who was a five-time NBA champion, a Boston Celtics great, a legendary NBA coach and cannabis aficionado, Don Nelson. Can each of you talk briefly about what you've been doing after basketball? Yeah, I've been smoking some pot, actually. Now, in 1985, with ANA, Donnie Jr. finds himself matched up with a Lithuanian named Salunius Marcelonius. (laughs) You butchered that very badly. (laughs) Sorry. What I meant to say was... um, Marcellonis was a star, and as a player, he moved differently than most of the other guys that he was on the court with. He was huge, fluid, strong, he was physical, he could score at will. The next year, in 1987, Donnie Jr. talks his dad, Don Sr., who's working for the Warriors, into drafting Marcellonis, essentially sight unseen. But this was a weird time, not just because the Cold War was ending, but getting a Soviet star or really any European player over to the U.S. was hard. There are really three obstacles that complicated things for Soviet athletes making the jump to the NBA at this time. There's a Goldilocks rule. All foreign-born players have to be exactly 22 years of age to be eligible for the draft. There's no central repository of scouting. That means no YouTube mixtapes. No Instagram videos, no collection of birthdays, and just a real lack of information on the Soviet side of the Iron Curtain. And then the third is really just Olympic fever. You know, the Soviets had a really impressive international basketball team. Professional players weren't allowed in the Olympics. So the Soviets didn't want their players to go pro and risk losing them for uh, the international team. And Marcellanus getting drafted wasn't the first time a hotshot Lithuanian uh, was drafted. So in 85, Arvidas Sabonis was drafted by the Hawks but he was declared ineligible because he was too young. At the time, he was 21, not yet 22. A clear violation of the Goldilocks rule. Fogel, Zaggy says you're 25 years old. Why wouldn't you just put 21, man? Seth, Seth, Seth. In 86, Sabonis is drafted again, this time by Portland, which he found out about in a magazine. 
He doesn't end up going over to the U.S. for reasons that aren't entirely clear, but likely either because he'd be ineligible to compete for the Soviets in the Olympics or because nobody told him he was drafted. In 1987, Marcellanis is drafted by the Warriors, but another team snitches on them to the NBA. And it turns out that it is eight days past his 23rd birthday. So he's too old, his NBA dream appears dead, and he heads back to Lithuania. He's bummed out, but he keeps balling. And in 88, he and Sabonis lead the Soviet Union to a gold medal in the Olympics. Their team, by the way, is 80% Lithuanian. Two very important things happen because of this win. The first is that the Soviets beat the U.S., a victory that directly caused the rule change to finally allow NBA players to participate in the Olympics, thus setting the stage for the Dream Team's domination in 1992. Who cares about the Dream Team? We're talking about more important things today. Who cares about the Dream Team? Now, the second important thing after the gold medal win was that people saw how good Marcellonis was on a national stage. He scored 18 points against the U.S. He's doing no-look passes. He's knocking down threes driving to the hoop. This was kind of his coming out party. Uh, and the bulk of fans hadn't you know, really seen European players move like that before. Marcellonis is even credited with bringing the Eurostep to the NBA. Marcellonis's move has been replicated by many, but perfected by only a few. The Eurostep. Now, right after the 88 Olympics, Ted Turner, media mogul, uh, tries to get Marcellonis onto the Atlanta Hawks, which Turner owns. Now, Soviets end up stonewalling that attempt, um, and Turner doesn't even end up submitting the contract. So once again, it appears that Marshallanis won't make the NBA. His dreams are dead yet again. So throughout this, the guy who never gives up on Marshallanis is Donnie Jr. And he moves to Marshallanis' apartment in Lithuania, where he lives for three months putting on basketball camps. I have been Michael's number two guy for about five years and we make a great team. We're like one of those classic famous teams. He's like Mozart, and I'm like Mozart's friend. Turner should have moved to Lithuania. That's, that's, that's clear. He absolutely should have. In 89, Donnie Jr. and his dad, Don Sr., get Marcellanis onto the Warriors the next year and sign him to a three-year deal with Don Sr., as the coach. Now, it was an interesting time for European athletes with the collapse of the Berlin Wall and the loosening of rules around professionals in the Olympics, Marshallanis was part of an influx of European talent that starts to make its way to the U.S. His rookie class of 89 in the NBA included Marshallanis, Vladi Divac, Drazen Petrovic, and, and others too. This was also happening in hockey as Russian players like Sergei Fedorov were getting drafted in the NHL and were defecting to make their way to the U.S. Now, after a year in the NBA, uh, the Soviet empire continues to collapse and Lithuania achieves its independence. And the first thing you do as an independent country is you compete in the Olympics. Ah, uh, yes, the traditional rite of passage. <laughs> it's wonderful news, but the country is broke. They can't afford to fund their government, let alone an Olympic basketball team. So Marshallanis goes to Don Sr., his coach the Warriors, and asks if he can help him. Don takes him on a barnstorming tour of the Bay Area to try to get funding for the team, which I have to imagine was the most fun barnstorming fundraising tour of all time. Um, he gets the Lithuanians a shoe deal. He gets them a sponsor. And the San Francisco Chronicles sports page writes up their mission. And a gentleman named Dennis McNally, who happened to be the Grateful Dead's manager, opened the paper one day and was reading about it. After being inspired by Marcellanus's tale, he takes an idea to the band, and it resonates. So the band decides that they're going to sponsor the team 
fund the cost of their travel, and pay for their equipment. It's a mighty charitable effort, but there is one just beautiful catch, and that was that the Grateful Dead gets to design the uniforms for the Lithuanian national team. The Lithuanians show up to the Olympics, their first Olympics, in their yellow, green, and red tie-dye jerseys, colors of the newly independent Lithuania, with a skeleton dunking a basketball on the front. And here comes this Lithuanian crew just off the side door here, just kind of parading in. Looked like they came from a Grateful Dead concert. Not in a straight line. And just totally free. They're playing for their own flag for the first time. And it's emotional. And combined with the, you know, tie-dyed, dunking skeleton jerseys, the Lithuanians are a, a big storyline of this Olympics. The team makes it all the way to the semifinals where they end up meeting Michael, Scotty, Magic, and the most dominant team in international basketball history who calmly dispose of them on their way to a gold medal. But again, who cares about the dream team? It's the bronze medal game that we care about. The tie-dye-wearing Lithuanians take on the Soviet Union, who they newly became independent from, and on the backs of Marshallanis and Sabonis, they beat the Soviets by four. This game meant more to them than the dream team game, and it leads to this iconic photo of the podium featuring the Lithuanian players in their Grateful Dead jerseys draped in bronze medals. The rock and roll Grateful Dead team and their way are in tie-dye on the medal stand. It was one of the few priceless moments in uh, sporting rock and roll history. So there was an eight-hour delay between the bronze medal game and the medal ceremony. And um, instead of sticking around, the Lithuanian players went out and partied. And four of them, including Sabonis, don't even make it back to the podium. Do you know who was up there on the podium accepting his Olympic medal, though? I have a guess. Marshallonis. I knew it. Wouldn't have missed it for the world. So it's a, it's a fascinating and intricate string of dominoes, right? The unlikely friendship between Donnie Jr. and Marshallonis draft bans, subterfuge on behalf of dueling NBA franchises, the fall of an empire, a newly independent nation, local journalism, the import of an entire new region of athletes into America, Jerry Garcia, Bob Weir, the Grateful Dead. Without each of these, we may never have gotten the most iconic jersey in the history of sports. And Marshall Honest, for his part, went on to win the NBA Sixth Man of the Year Award. And just last year, he was actually elected to parliament in Lithuania, where he served for only two days before resigning. I guess once you get the Grateful Dead to make you a uniform and you use it to win an Olympic medal, the regular world just doesn't quite captivate you for too long. Thank you to our producer, Patrick Buddy, to Jesse Rose for his design talents, and to Sharunas Marshallanis for bringing the Eurostep westward. Follow us on all things social at legendarybytes underscore. That's at legendarybytes underscore for a lot more interesting nuggets from each story. Do you have a great story idea? Shoot us an email at legendarybytes at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Finally, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it to get more great 15-minute stories on sports, history, and everything in between.